0: Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering B.J. Shea's Geek Nation.
1: Welcome. Welcome to another edition of B.J. Shea's Geek Nation. I am Vicky Barcelona. And who the hell let this guy in here? Oh, wait, no, that's B.J. We have yeah. B.J. Shay! How do the show's namesake, and always running the board with such gusto is Joey Dees. So
0: much
2: gusto.
1: Gusto. I just love that word.
2: (laughs) On today's episode, since BJ's here, we're going to talk The Last of Us. Last of Us. And the real reason he's in the studio is because Picard Season 3 debuted... Big Be- god mm. Star Trek Pickard. So we will start Star Trek. Gareth Vaughn Callbach will join us to talk Marvel on Disney Plus, Mando Season Four, Liam Neeson is not doing Qui-Gon Jinn. Oh no! And some PSVR2 news, and of course the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicki, how can people get a hold of us?
1: Get a hold of us via our website, BJGeekNation.com. Dot com. It's gonna have our blogs, podcasts, and more. More, more? or just search BJ Shay's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram Odyssey, iTunes, all the all the words. <laughs> search. Just search BJ Shay's Geek Nation and you'll find us. It's easy.
2: It is easy. And you can literally find us anywhere. <laughs> yes. Oh,
1: excuse me. So much greatness. Yeah, we, there is killed, that.
0: We've killed Vicky. Yes. Sorry.
1: I think I might be getting one of these uh, contagious things that... Uh,
0: I don't want to hear that. I'm in a room with all you. All the
1: Last of Us characters are getting...
0: Oh, you you got the mushroom thing.
1: Yep, I think I got the mushroom the fungus.
0: thing. Oh, she's got the fungus among
1: us. Okay, actually, I don't want to say that I have that. That sounds yicky. Yeah. <laughs> well, well yeah. your name is Vicky. So Aww. Wow. Icky, Vicky, you're so icky. Just the thought about you makes Woo! me oh so sicky. Sing it! Fungus time. Jesus. That is an actual song. Thank you, Fairly Odd Parents.
2: Oh, I thought it was fungus time. I was I know.
1: Wow. Yeah. I well, know it's the, it was it's the
0: fungus odd parents, yeah, so the, that's the thing. It's special fungus edition.
1: Yep, and the icky Vicky fungus edition.
0: Well, that segway into our first topic today. Thank you, Vicky. You're welcome. Oh, that, is that the last DeLorean? Yes. But Hey! Can I get a drum?
1: Can that be? Hey, if you guys (laughs) want to
0: watch this new show called The Last of Us, just watch seasons one through two of The Mandalorian, and you know, just imagine him with his mask off, and just imagine Grogu is a precocious child. And you know what? Hey, You've got the show. You've nailed Pedro Pascal's best roles. Mm -hmm. That was that was good.
2: I am the Last DeLorean.
1: Wait. I do have a question, once you guys are done about this, about Pager Pascal and his roles. Okay. Okay, that sounded bad. But yeah, All 20s. He rolls
2: 20s. Yes, oh, he yes. does.
0: A crit hit.
2: Yes. Well, we are six episodes through HBO's series, The Last of Us. BJ, yeah, um, we saw, I've
0: given my... With? We saw Kim
2: Oh, I thought you said we suck, and I was like, well, that's yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. I thought we
0: saw Kim. Ken. Ken. <laughs> that was the name of the last episode that yeah, we saw.
2: Yes. guess, uh... We are now six episodes, and I've got a little bit of my thoughts on the first four-ish. Yes. What do you think so far? Now that we're six in,
0: the Last DeLorean. I mean, it really is just uh, a wisecracking kid, and you know, it's basically Grogu that talks more, and he's just got to <laughs> basically. Take this kid because the kid's special instead of going to see Luke Skywalker, we gotta see Freddie Firefly is basically what he's gonna go find. You saw you noticed that too, huh, yeah, and definitely some Walking Dead elements. I have watched all of the Walking Dead, so. You know, basically, it's the, is it the Commonwealth? I think uh, they not the Commonwealth. well, kind of the Commonwealth. You know, uh, kind of where the governor hang uh, hung out, and I forget the name of uh, oh Alexandria. It's kind of like they're going to Alexandria in this last episode, where they got a cool place where everybody's cool. Uh, though this time, it looks like everybody is cool. But if it was The Walking Dead, there'd be something wrong with this so supposedly cool society. But that didn't happen. They, you know, they they went and they came. And they saw so it's enjoyable. Uh, is it a must watch? Gosh, again, if you've watched The Walking Dead or you watch The Mandalorian, I kind of think it's, I hate to say it, but it's not, uh, you know, it's kind of a, sort of a lesser form of both.
2: Yeah, it's well shot. And I will say the acting is incredible. I don't think there's any, uh, you know, lack of talent. That They got for this show. I think maybe I only have one casting that I didn't really love, but I didn't even think it was her fault necessarily. I think the script for her was bad. She was inserted into the story, and that was, of course, the Kansas City, uh, Maine woman who uh ended up getting eaten by the child.
0: Oh, right. The, the, the her brother, yes. Yeah, that lady I forget what her name was, but yeah, she was Kristen
2: Catherine Catherine, I think, yeah, is what Catherine, it was. Yeah. and yeah, and it
0: was, yeah,
2: yeah, but yeah. so here's my problem yeah. with this show. Every scene with Pedro Pascal interacting with a character besides Ellie, their interactions are great, but we already knew that. That's the story of The Last of Us. Every interaction with him and another character in the world is awesome. I'm like, this is what I want to see in the show. But everything else in the show to me is just so not believable within their even their own worlds. We literally have this character in this episode finally reach his brother, who lives in Wyoming, which is a trek that he is like not yeah, wanting to do a on. Months. Which should be astronomically impossible to do because this is a zombie filled world where people don't leave their zones because for a good reason they're, they could die. Like, very realistically, most people die when they leave their zone. He goes all this way to find his brother in this episode, meets his brother, and his brother's like, Yeah, I stopped sending messages because my wife told me to yeah she said not to and it was like you couldn't send one last message yeah i was like like, i'm okay and yeah on top of that joel's pedro pascal's character joel lost his wife or his partner jess to go find him
0: that's the whole idea yeah Uh, it's it's sort of like okay
2: uh and there's not even a scene
0: where they're angry like he's like what the hell yeah it's just a okay, yeah, I guess that's what's up. And now you're getting married and you're having a kid and you should be happy for me. It's like old school dude upset. It's like, I think I'm upset, but am I? And okay. And
2: and that's my problem. Is like, I love so many things about this show, but then it's like it does this with the plot and I'm like, I, I get it. This is a Joel and Ellie storyline. This is what the game was about. It's supposed to be their journey through... You know, essentially becoming human again, if you will, because, you know, Ellie has been imprisoned her whole life, doesn't know what the world is like, only has read it in books. And Joel is rugged and beaten and broken because he's had to kill to survive. They And, go on a journey.
0: and he lost his daughter and now he's got yeah. this sort of surrogate daughter.
2: Exactly. So they're going through this journey but it's just, it's like all the major plot points to get them through this journey are so bad and yeah. rushed and I yeah. don't know why because this show is a solid for me right now it's between seven or eight despite that yeah and I I don't know if that is a this is a video game turned into a TV show problem, there you have
0: it son or if it's just
2: a Maybe we stay too true to the video game. I don't know. I didn't finish. I didn't play the whole video game. I watched a lot of the clips, and I've seen people play, it and I played it a little bit, but I never. I didn't want to spoil it. And I'm currently
0: watching all the cinematics. That's that, that a lot of people have uploaded the entire game on YouTube. I'm currently into that just to see what's changed, what's different, and uh, it's tough. It's tough to make a show based on this because the video games look for a video game very entertaining. But if you're telling me to sit down and watch the, this as a show. You've got to do something amazing because the video game, eh, you know, just the cinematics, like as far as like, would it be an Academy Award winning story? No, no.
2: And and I don't know about you, BJ, but this is what I keep running into. I don't feel suspense in this show. No. they're they're, One, they haven't shown very many zombies and people keep harping back on this. Well, we didn't want to show a bunch of zombies and make it a zombie show. And I'm like, but you have to show some zombies. I have to feel like they can die.
0: Well, the idea also, they keep telling you they're not out here. You don't have to worry about out here. You have to worry about humans out here. And it's like, yeah, The Walking Dead did that. I mean, The Walking Dead did that very well. And also, they gave us zombies. Like, they were able to tell us that the humans were dangerous, but they still gave us the zombies, which that was part of their thing. They really wanted to give you cool-looking zombies. Yeah, in the first two episodes, I was a solid
2: nine on this show. I'm like, this show is great. Great acting, great casting, great plot, world-building, set, everything. Because we saw zombies. We got clickers. But then right after that third episode, it was like third episode diverges, tells a beautiful story, but then never really picks back up on that suspense that I want to feel like when you're in a post-apocalyptic world that you can die.
0: Yeah, because they don't have the money to really show us these clickers. And so they've decided to make them not a big threat, even though they are. They're supposed to be able to, like, if you step on a vine, they're all supposed to go, hey, he's way over there. Let's run over and get him. But they've created a world where, except if you go out and travel in the snow in the middle of nowhere, then don't worry about it. And it's like, okay. Yeah, I mean, we get
1: we
2: get
0: a bloater in episode five.
2: Yeah, okay. That's so a
0: two-part episode if you take it. They get to Kansas
2: City in four, and then five is the resolution. But even that, I'm sitting there. and I'm like, but all these characters, like I get, like they have these beautiful stories where they introduce you know, Henry and his son, and like, the, and I, I love this. But like, they kill them all off. Yeah, don't right? get
0: attached to anybody that you think might be a good character.
2: Yeah, and I'm like, that's a beautiful story. But the problem is, like, what the Kansas City storyline is, we're, we're moving from city to city, and it's hopelessness because I know that Joel and Ellie aren't going to die. I mean, it's the beginning they're of this, they're the beginning of the series. They might die later on. Who knows? But in episode five, they're not dying, right? But if everyone else around them dies, and the only reason these zombies ever show up from three to six to seven is because people are really stupid, because they're, yeah. and they're, and it's not like they're sneaking around like in the video game. You're not, there's not this sense of they got to take a left or a right, and the right might both have, zo- or they might both have zombies, but they're trying to like, you know, map it out. There's none of that. There's literally just, hey, that Death Valley over there, that Death River, don't go over to Death River because there's zombies there. Oh, there are zombies there? We're going to go anyways. Go anyways. There are no zombies. Yeah, whoops. Oh, well, it was just to keep people away from the town. I'm like, there's no suspense here. No. When, when
0: <laughs> there are actually no zombies in the show. That Yeah, that and that I, you're right. The only thing you're afraid of are humans and... There's no governor. I keep going back to The Walking Dead. There's no governor, you know, uh, characters like that. You know, there's no Negan. I mean, this is what made The Walking Dead good is that if you want me to be afraid of a bunch of humans, you've got to give me a bad guy. You've got to give me a boss if you're not going to give me the bloater as a boss. (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't, and we haven't seen anybody like that. It's just random idiots, which. Again, you know, if we had never seen a show like this before, Joe, I would be like, hey, this is a really novel show. The humans are the bad guys. I hate to say it, but like for the last 10 years, that's what The Walking Dead has said is the show's not about the zombies. It's really the people that are still alive. They're really the issue. Most definitely. And I do love the the way they're trying to do the character storylines
2: in this show. But the problem is you have to have like so for instance, Ellie is supposed to be this cure. But no one really knows about her until literally this episode where finally Joel's like, hey, to his brother, Ellie can't get infected. And he's like, oh, now this makes sense on where you're going on this journey. And
0: it's like, she, we've gone through so many why? cities.
2: Why does no one care about this? And why
0: wouldn't he want her to get like, Joel, I'll take you. Like, this is huge. Yeah. I got a kid coming into the world this would be great if we could have the kid grow up like you could he could easily go to the woman that was in charge and go dude i gotta go because we got a kid coming but look she's she's immune let's take her to the fireflies and nothing it's like why wouldn't that be a thing it's so i or why would it not be a thing which i could also understand the other side going we like the world the way it is we don't want the, the other world to come back so we actually don't want her to cure everything I can understand that storyline too, but they don't give us anything. Yeah, that is my problem is it feels like she's
2: unattached from the world, which detracts from the story when they could have just attached her to some characters or to some, at least so someone knows about her because the Fireflies know about her. But every time they try to
0: find them, they're always dead. Yeah, that's the problem. That's and I'm like, less and less people know about her.
2: And we don't have any interaction with the Fireflies after the first two episodes. So you're sitting here in a world that doesn't know the cure exists. Everyone's trying to kill the cure. The cure has no value to anyone but Joel. And Joel's not even taking her because he
0: wants to help. He was taking her to go see her brother. his brother. Yeah, and that ended. Yeah. And, 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 and it was just like the last episode was like, I really can't take you. There's no way I can take you. And then she says, but I want you to. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And that <laughs> that? I, that was such horrible writing in my mind it's like okay, no. I get okay. what they were trying to
2: do but it's just no. They the problem is they're making his character broken, which he is, but they're selling it in in a way in which he, for whatever reason, has gone through all these events leading up to meeting his brother, and like that those don't occur to him like that those are really dangerous events. It's yeah. like, oh, I can't take her anymore because everyone around me dies. It's like, Joel, you just dragged her halfway across the country. Yeah, I think you're okay. A million zombie infested areas. Like I think you've, you know, proposed the most dangerous thing you could do. And on top of that, how are you going to hurt if you just all way, everyone goes with you? Like, yeah. wouldn't you bring everyone to protect bring her? Bring everybody. Get the whole be... city
0: or the whole, you know, which again they did on The Walking Dead. They always traveled as a group because they realized strength in numbers. And, you know, I, I, again, that's the problem. And, you know, they're still giving this like IMDb gave this a 9.1 out of 10, uh, Kin. And I'm like, why? Is it because of that one episode, you know, with Frank and Bill? I, which, you know, that was a great episode. But are we going to love this show because of one episode? You've got to judge the show or 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 am I high and you know people didn't watch the walking dead i i don't understand that this is not as good as the mandalorian and it's not as good as the walking dead so my brain goes w- i'm watching a lesser show hate to
2: say it i think my big thing about it is i can understand if you're a video game fan like if you played the video game you probably love this show cuz this show is a really really well done video game like show like if you think about it like the acting's incredible like like i said i still want to watch the show i have this show still around a 7.5 despite the plot problems, which is, which means it's being carried by the acting and the, the cinematography and all that stuff kind of a thing.
0: But, yeah, I'm not playing this show. Exactly. Because even watching the cinematics, I have to tell you, it's kind of boring. And, you know, who knows? Maybe when we get to the end of the season, it'll all pay off because they do I tend know. to budget towards the end of the season. And I don't know what's happening. I don't know how the video game same, ends. Same. So, yeah. I, so that at least, you may be right yeah. there. I, and... But it's slow. Yeah. It's slow, and yeah. and and I do feel like they've they it, look. It's
2: safe, and I don't blame them. I think that would make sense from HBO standpoint. We're making a, a show off of a video game. Let's make sure we nail at least the basics. And that had yeah. they have done. So. They were
0: very smart, and they waited till Walking Dead was over. Also true. And, and, and I, think this is, I think it's better than Fear the Walking Dead. Now, granted, I haven't watched Fear in a long time, but I, I gave a lot of time to Fear the Walking Dead. just didn't do it for me. Uh, and any other Walking Dead that, that I tried to watch outside of the original, I like this better than that. And again, it has to do, I think, with actors and writing. And you can only have so many good actors and writers. Uh, but boy, the the OG uh, Walking Dead, and again the Mandalorian. I keep hit banging. I, I just keep beating that dead horse. But I'll still watch it because there's really not a lot on right now. Now, if my schedule was crazy, you know, maybe I'd be going like, oh, I just don't have time for the show anymore. But uh, I'm, I'm going to finish the season. I will do that. So we did get at the end. Uh, Joel gets stabbed. Yeah, with a with a baseball bat that broke, and he gets stabbed, and it he's uncut. You know, like, of course he's going to be okay, but he shouldn't be. And that's my
2: thing, too. I'm with you on that. This should be the end of Joel. Now, I don't think they're going to kill him off, but that would drag me in back to the
0: plot. If he If he dies, yeah, then I'd be like, all right, but I... Don't think he does in the game, does he? I don't know. Maybe this is where his brother comes down,
2: and, and this turns is the change and they this, make. Yeah, and we can all right. see.
0: If they Ned start this, yeah. I'm all, I'm all for it. And that's
2: the thing is, like, you can change your reviews on episodes after you get a seat full, go see a full season. You go, hey, you know what? It was slow, but if you get past five episodes, the show at six, you know, for the last four episodes, it brings it all yes. together, and then it's worth watching. So, like I said, still seven and a half for me. What are you putting it at right now?
0: <sighs> I'm gonna give it a seven.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah I'll,
0: I'll give it a seven right now, and. That's good enough to watch. Yeah. But is it good enough to stay? Well,
2: we'll continue watching and find out. But here's a show that I think we're going to be a little polarized on because...
0: Oh, 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 oh.
2: It has to do with Star Trek.
0: Number one! I don't think this show is number one.
2: Picard Season 2 might have been my worst-reviewed television show Whoa. of the last ten years. I think that that... Oh, Season 2, yes. Yeah, Season yeah. 2 was... um. Uh, Not only unwatchable, but a disservice to
0: the fans.
2: Uh, It was new world. Yeah,
0: it was, it was, it was, it it really felt like uh, an an afternoon special made for TV. It was tough. And, you know, uh, there's probably a lot of reasons. There were parts of it that I liked but not enough to to tell you that that was a great season. So let me tell you my thoughts on Picard,
2: Episode 1, Season 3.
0: And here's the bad thing. They showed the first two episodes at the premiere in L.A. where some fans got to go see it, and it's kind of a bummer. I really wish we could have seen Episodes 1 and 2. I almost wish Paramount would have run them back-to-back for us, uh, even though there was a great cliffhanger at the end of Episode 1, but everybody got to see Episode 2. We, you know, As of this airing, we have yet to see it, but we will soon. Critics have seen through episode six, I believe, as well, I heard. Oh, really? And they say that
2: uh, the season doesn't really start till episode six. So, uh, really? Yeah, they say that. Oh, what? Prepare yourself.
0: Okay, well, there's only like, yeah. what, 11, 12 episodes? That's not. Yeah. Okay. So the problem
2: is, is the bar is real low for this show. So when I say that the first episode of season three is better than season two completely, well, it's not too high. But let's start with the good. All right. Picard and Riker are great together. They They do
0: not miss a beat. They are, Uh, Jonathan. You know Jonathan Frakes. Everybody loves as a director, and he he knows his role. He knows that character and plays it. I mean, he turns a two dimensional character into two dimensional awesomeness. Because that's all. That's all. You know, that's all Riker really ever was was a parody of, in my opinion, a parody of Captain Kirk, and done well. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, most definitely. And their rapport is great. The comedy is great. They beat the dad humor a little bit, you know, into the ground, but I'm okay with it. I think that you got to sell to that audience. This is what this show is now, right? This is a nostalgia well, trip for everyone that exactly. loves Generation. And these yeah. guys are old, so. Yeah. And, I mean, it really shows. Man, Patrick Stewart, I don't even think I realized it in season two, but season three is showing me, like, yeah, he is... He's in his eighties.
0: Yeah, and I mean, which is amazing because he's probably the healthiest eighty-year-old that you've seen. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, but at the same, eighty-two by the way. Eighty-two. Yeah. I, I, it, but unfortunately, you're right. It's just age has caught up to him just in general. But he's still. I mean, you know, he was always the guy that was in great shape. Though you always saw those memes of the starship captains and everybody had gained a ton of weight except for Patrick Stewart. But yeah, he does look like an eighty-two-year-old guy doing what he's doing. So yeah, I suspend my um, judgment of the plot because the plot you know we haven't
2: gotten a whole lot of great stuff from Star Trek Picard in the plot, you know, area. Unfortunately, this one starts out pretty unbelievably, but we're going to go with it. Um the doctor. Yeah, the Beverly be- Crusher. Beverly
0: Crusher's now a badass rogue whatever.
2: She has not talked to anyone on the TNG cast for 20 years and she now finds herself shot on a ship protecting as we find out later on this episode to be her son
0: that, my God, I hope they don't make it Picard's son.
2: Please, please uh, don't
0: make it Picard's son. It might be. Who knows? But th- here's the problem, though. I I don't think it is because of the Good. name she gave him. What'd she give him? His name is Jack, and that was the name of her ex-husband, her of of, of, of Wesley's dad. His name was Jack Crusher. So if, that, if it's Picard's kid, and you name him after the dude that Picard basically lost out to, because he was in love with her, but he lost out to Jack, because he said... I was in love with you, but you were married to my best friend, number one, or number Beverly. Uh, so she named him Jack, so that's why I don't think it's Picard's kid.
2: I hope you're right. I, I just heard, saw a lot of that on the internet, and I was like, God, that would be... We don't need another generation of this show. I see what, I see what you did there.
0: <laughs> yeah, see what I'm
2: saying? Uh, but she has one of the most hilarious battle scenes I've ever seen. She is pumping a
0: shotgun that yes. shoots lasers god i hated that i was like why are you are you supposed to look badass is that why every time you pump like i'm a badass shotgun why we don't need we don't need that kind of thing in okay and it runs out of ammo yeah and none of this happened twenty years of technology uh, before this yeah I know it was that was I don't know why they did that to us when Isn't, you say that
1: like I'm imagining you know those flashlights where you have to like pump it to get the light to go yep. Like you have to use motion or whatever to actually yep. get it to work that was my immediate thought oh you're Is not the far, same reason
0: you were you're not far off Icky. yeah that was dumb and, and and I I don't care how cool you think it looks it's like come on. And and then the aliens that are
2: shooting her though have the most badass technology that just fires a million shots and, with one downside.
0: Yeah, you can't hit anything. No, that's what well, they, they they were trained at the uh, stormtrooper academy. That's right. And so yeah, they're not gonna hit anything. They can hit thing. boxes though. Those boxes yeah. got destroyed. Oh, well, let me tell you, those boxes. That's the thing. They're really good at that. That's why you. That's why a lot of federation ships won't carry boxes. That's yeah, very fair. You know, they're yeah, not because, in the shipping industry because anymore. they know those guys are. You know, <laughs> they're out.
2: They, they get on our ship. Our boxes are doomed. So Beverly sends an encoded message to, of course, Jean-Luc, who is yeah. on Earth. Uh, she needs help. Yeah. They're running away from an unknown alien that we have not seen before.
0: Yeah, we haven't seen this uh, whatever the hell that thing is, uh, which is fine. Yeah, I like uh, that. Unfortunately, I saw the teaser trailer, so I know exactly what's happening. It's Spock, isn't it? Uh, well, <laughs> this is what kills me with teaser trailers. I know that they want to do that, but it's like it makes th- it's like you also know what your episodes are like. Don't show me what everything is. Yes. because it may. I know exactly what's going on. At even so, that cliffhanger. I don't like your mom and I watch it. So luckily, she doesn't know. So I. But it's like I hate that. Why would you make a cliffhanger like this when you know I'm going to see exactly who it is? I know who's, I know who's on the ship. I know who's the big baddie on that ship. I know everything, and I'm not supposed to know that. Oh, see, that's why I don't watch those trailers at all anymore. I know, for any but show. I, mean, I I like a trailer that shows me action, but I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, but yeah. they literally go, ha! I mean, <laughs> you know, you, you know. I mean, I don't know who she is. But I know, you know, I'm, I, but I mean, I know what that ship is. I know, oh, okay, they're, 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 okay, she's the lady that hates Jean Luc and is somehow hunting Beverly. Great, you know. Uh, well, without yeah. spoiling it. Yeah, well, <laughs> the trailer spoiled it. And no. so that's what I know. Um, so Jean Luc gets this uh, message. Yes. He eventually decodes it. It's <laughs> yeah. a ridiculous scene
2: as well. Oh, I don't know why. Joe. She
0: sends a message to his old communicator that he just happens to have hanging around his desk. It's like it's not even in a, like he says, you it know, packed away in a locker somewhere. I have my old uniform in a box under my desk. Number what? Yeah, luckily,
2: he was moving at least. But I did find it hilarious that he's like, I'll check the teapot. I'll check my, I, my, uh, my little yeah. cupboard over here. I'll check my uniform where I stored all my old
0: Starfleet stuff.
2: Oh, there it is. And I yeah. was like, why by the way, it, not it, start it, there?
0: It made the chirping sound like a communicator. Why would you look in the friggin' teapot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, John, Sean, Luke, you had this thing on for years. Yeah. You're yeah. gonna recognize what that sound is.
2: So he gets it, and there's a there's a message that he needs to be decoded. He doesn't know what the password is. Now, uh, this doesn't make any sense because yeah. we find out later on in the episode that Riker has the password, which begs the question of why she wouldn't have sent it to Riker.
0: But, yes. <laughs> and, you know. and she told him not to go to Starfleet, Riker is Starfleet, which means he literally has to go to Starfleet to decode the message. She says, don't involve Starfleet, but here's a clue that only a guy in Starfleet can answer. Beverly, you and your damn shotgun get the hell off my screen. So as you can see
2: what we were saying, the plot, maybe don't pay attention to the plot. Yeah, you really have to go,
0: oh, it's a nostalgia trip.
2: Yeah, but luckily... So Jean-Luc does end up meeting up with Riker and he goes de- to Starfleet and they decode so the best part is they decode the message and Beverly is, is does say this many times she says you can't evolve Starfleet because I can't trust anyone I can only trust you Jean-Luc.
0: So there's only one thing to do. Let's get on a Starfleet vessel. Yep, that's the first thing they do, because you know what? This is Star
2: Trek, and to make sure everyone knows it's Star Trek, yeah. we got to get on a ship.
0: And we're going to get on a Starfleet vessel where the captain hates our friggin' guts. That's right. This is perfect for this non-Starfleet mission we're supposed to be but on. But
2: don't worry, Spock, no, sorry, Seven of Nine. Oh, that's right, yes. That's right, she is the... Uh, First officer. So she's yes. going to completely disobey her captain and ruin well, her career to take us
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, on a secret it. mission. After Picard said, you should get back in Stoffleet and not be so rogue. Okay, until you come on a ship and be rogue and make me go rogue. Yeah. Thanks, you friggin' hypocrite. So anyways, the story does end up progressing. And we do end up getting to a point where they uh
2: get on the Beverly ship. They fly out there. They find her. She's shot. Yep. There's a funny scene with Riker and his old knees not working or bending over. Yep. That was pretty good. They were old men, you know. Uh, and we are off on our adventure. Uh, we are going to try to save a cryo-frozen Beverly. Yes. And her son, Jack. Good old Jackie. And they get uh, approached by
0: aliens at the very end of the episode. Yeah. And we'll go from there. Yeah, we'll see. There's a big there's a big badass ship that looks a lot to me like Nero's ship. You yes. know, from back yeah. in the J.J. Abrams days. Uh, but yeah, so... Part two, uh, we will watch very soon. I mean, I call it part two because it's such a cliffhanger, and they did show it in a two-episode thing. I like it, and it's—I hear it's going to be fantastic. Of course, Will Wheaton loves everything Star yes. Trek, so it's kind of hard to—you don't know if you know Will loved everything, including season two. So yeah. you know, I mean, this yeah. will be a cheesy season, but I think it will be a good payoff. They already made a hilarious joke to
2: uh, Jordy LaForge's daughter, who is the pilot of the ship. Crash LaForge, yes. as, as Riker gives her her, her nickname from her uh, cadet days. So I do think this is going to hit in the right place. This is the like the cheesy, nostalgic Star Trek that they should have done with Picard originally, as opposed to being whatever that Borg-Romulan love story offset was in season one that was
0: okay. Yeah. I Turn- mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't hate season one, uh, but boy... Yeah, it, it it could have been season two where they gave us this. Did
2: you remember, by the way? I forgot about this in season three. Picard's an android.
0: Yes, that's I the totally other thing. I totally forgot about that. I know, which is that also really irritating. But he's me. an
2: android that. <laughs> this yeah, is the, the best, the best yeah, explanation. He's, yeah, he's an android that completely mimics who Picard was as a human,
0: yeah. including his old age and feeling. Yeah, so he's an eighty-two-year-old. So he's the
2: worst android yeah. we've ever created. Thanks,
0: <laughs> thanks, Doctor Soong. Could have could have <laughs> given him life, young age. Could have done anything I, they uh, wanted. No uh, crippling anxiety and terrible knees. <laughs> really, that was the lamest part of season one. Was like, oh, you wanted us to think he died, but he didn't. Thanks, Hollywood. I hated that ending. I thought that ending was dumb. Da-da. Just don't have him die. Just don't have him die. I. The, you know what? It was a, the season is not going to. Uh, it really didn't hinge on that. I knew he wasn't gonna die because I knew there's gonna be a season two, and that's the way you did it. Okay. Well, you know. Yeah.
2: I'm still excited to watch the rest of the season. I am already nine times happier with it than I was with last season, you know. So we only have up to go from here. Uh also, who has some other great news uh outside of the Star Trek universe. Oh, really? Gareth von Kallenbach I'm from not! Skewed and Reviewed, he's got some Awesome news for us and we gotta talk with him right now. With us today is our friend Gareth Von Kallenbach, the master of all things video game knowledge, movie knowledge, anything you can ask for. He is from SKNR.net that is skewed and reviewed. Gareth, you're back. How are you doing today, my friend?
3: Oh man, lots of stuff, lots of stuff.
2: Oh, yes. Well, I think we should kick it off with our favorite company, Disney. Disney tends to have everything you could possibly want on one app and then, for some reason, push everything back. I hear we've got cuts coming to Marvel. What's going on, Gareth?
3: Well, it's an interesting thing because, as we talked about on a prior show, uh, Quantumania came out. It actually did better than any of the previous Marvel films, but it had this issue where the critics didn't like it, but the general public seems okay with it. Now, obviously the next few weeks will do a lot with it, but Marvel seems to be thinking that perhaps they're being too aggressive with the Marvel shows on Disney And there is some concern. And like we've talked about off air, some think that maybe this might also be something that star Wars is experiencing, but that's an entirely different scenario. So, the idea is that with all these Marvel shows coming to Disney+, Plus, perhaps they're making the movies less of an event and that some people might be getting a little confused feeling that we've got to keep up with the Disney Plus shows in order to stay current with the movies and vice versa.
2: Oh, interesting. So there's a divide between essentially the cinematic universe, which happens in theaters, and then the at-home streaming service that does Disney+, and whether or not you have to watch essentially everything to get everything.
3: Correct. And so what Marvel is doing is they're taking a look at it, and it's not necessarily canceling things. From what I understand, it is more of a staggered rollout because we have talked in the past that one of their grand plans was to each week always have either new Marvel or new Star Wars content. And as such, there was plenty of shows in the works. Well, what they're looking at now is saying, okay, perhaps we have too many Marvel things coming out in one year on the channel. Perhaps less is more. So, for example, we know that Loki Season 2 is going to come out this year. It does tie in with uh, Quantumania and Kang the Conqueror. So there is the a reason that that has a need to be out. We know that a trailer is coming for that very soon, so that's a good thing. But we also know that if you look at the big picture, the only other thing that they are sure of is going to be Secret Invasion, because that does play into what's coming. Uh, But some of the other things, like Daredevil, like uh, Agatha's series, which is filming now, some of the other things, like Echo, and so on, are probably going to be pushed back to 2024, and so the idea will be maybe there's only going to be two or three uh, Marvel shows per year on Disney+, Plus as opposed to four or five.
2: Yeah, and I think that's actually a smart idea. You know, we have had an overload of Marvel content, and I personally... I mean, I love it, but I know that, and I know a lot of people will say, you know, well, you can't have too much content, right? But that B word burnout does seem to come up a lot among fans that are thinking, you know, how much of this can we really have every year before I start getting bored?
3: Exactly. And you know, and you have to look at kind of the timing. We had the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and while events from that are going to be revisited later, there is going to be a gap and you look at Hawkeye And people look at that and go, okay, that was really entertaining. But then you have things like uh, the uh, Miss Marvel series, where you introduce the character, but you're not going to see her again until the next film. And then you have She-Hulk, where they say, well, we're not going to do a second season of it, just like we had one in Vision. We're not doing a second season of this, but you'll see the characters again. And I think they're kind of looking at it more of a, instead of using this as a platform to get characters who we aren't sure are ready to carry their own show and use it as the way to introduce them uh, and then have them blend in with the show, with characters going forward, that may stay, but to essentially say kind of like the she hulk scenario, we're not quite sure you're a movie, but we're going to give you a series and then pop you back in somewhere down the line. That seems to be the very vague area right now. It's like, Is anything canceled? Not that we know of, but how many unannounced things that were, you know, moving forward if they said, hey, let's put the brakes on this now. Uh, But it just seems to be more of a slower rollout and maybe a bigger gap between them.
2: Yeah, I I think that's a good idea in general. I I have been waiting for a little bit better quality of of show as well. Even in the movies, I wouldn't say we've had a real blockbuster smash hit. I personally liked Ant-Man. Uh, it definitely had some huge flaws, but I thought in terms of an enjoyable ride, it was there. But it did not really push the storyline and the, the world building too much further than I would have expected for a major you know, push forward for their uh, season coming up here in the, in the MCU universe, the next phase. But we'll have to wait and find out.
3: Exactly, exactly.
2: But moving from uh, that Disney Plus Marvel uh, property to uh, something on Disney Plus that can do no wrong. Mandalorian season four has already been written. How is this possible? We haven't even started season three yet, Gareth.
3: Uh, no kidding. Well, Favreau let it out the other day, and what's interesting about this is you sit there and you go, man, this this guy's just going crazy. Um, you got season three coming. You he's already said the outline and scripts for season four are done, and let's not forget they also have skeleton crew and. The Acolyte coming, which have been filming, he's involved with that, and this is an interesting uh, dilemma. Now, we've talked in the past, we've got Star Wars Celebration coming up, I keep hearing again and again and again, not from publicists, but from people who are supposedly in the know, that they are going to announce the next live-action film, and when that's going to be, and that just makes sense, you know, you have the big form, you have that, however, We all know how, I don't want to say mixed, but, you know, the Star Wars fans can be very hard to appease. Yes. And we all know that they were not exactly thrilled with the sequel trilogy, which is ironic because they didn't like the prequel trilogy. And now they look back on it and go, oh, I like the prequel trilogy more than I like this. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, we like Rogue One. We were generally fine with that. But then we were mixed on solo didn't like Solo, and now they're looking at it going, well, Solo actually wasn't so bad actually. And the funny thing is, if you ask most Star Wars fans, they will say, I've been okay with the uh, TV series. I like The Mandalorian. Book of Boba Fett people were kind of mixed on, but they like what they saw. I've enjoyed the Bad Batch. I thought that's been very entertaining. And we have other uh, you know, and then of course, Andor did very well. You know, I mean, you could say like if i wanted to be nitpicky i could say why i wanted more action but it was such a great character driven story that at least it held your attention and unlike some of these streaming shows i've always felt that one of the biggest problems is you have five hours of content or five episodes of content that they stretch out over eight to ten episodes and they put a lot of filler in it you don't necessarily get that with andor they you, lo- you know, you looked at some of it, but you were like, wow, this is actually setting up to a bigger picture. So that's the big debate. People are looking at it going, Marvel needs to cut back because there's too much. Does Star Wars need to do the same thing? But then people are saying, I think we can all agree that the Disney Plus Star Wars content, by and large, has generally gone over better than most of the movies.
2: Definitely agree with and that.
3: that is an interesting. Oh, and let's not even forget Obi-Wan. You know, that there were, of course, going to be people who picked at it, but I think most people were quite happy and satisfied with the finished product.
2: Yeah, I think it's crazy that that, that it's almost the exact opposite. Where Disney was really succeeding uh, in the MCU universe on in theaters, they were struggling on the streaming services. Star Wars has done the opposite. They're doing great on the streaming services, but they struggle in the theaters.
3: And I think, in a way, that could be part of the scenario in that, You have this larger universe in Star Wars, and if you look at Mandalorian, we know that there have been some cameos and stuff, but they were saying, okay, we're going to look at an era that we've not seen before, post-Return of the Jedi, pre-The Force Awakens. And we've all heard the stories about how we're going to start to see how the remnants of the Empire became the seeds of the First Order and things like that. And it's interesting because... We're starting to see Disney get the confidence that, you know what, we don't need to have legacy characters, and we do not need to have the Jedi in everything to tell a compelling Star Wars story. But you also get the, you know, we've already seen it popping up online. Some people saying, yeah, but they're giving you too much. They're giving you too much. And then others saying, well, wait a second. It's a massive universe, excuse me, a massive galaxy. There's all these stories we don't know about. Why shouldn't they be allowed to play around in areas that have not been explored or possibly expand on them and give us a better picture of how it all fits in as long as it doesn't contradict or undermine the movies? And, you know, and remember, George Lucas himself, I know he's not involved with that, but he used to always say, you know, the other stuff, the games, the comics, the books, those are all sandbox, what ifs, whatever. Only the films are canon. And now we have this thing of, well... Under the new ownership, everything is canon because it all has to be approved and tied in.
2: Very interesting. I did not know that.
3: Yeah, they had a they had a big thing when they took over where they essentially had a brain trust go through and decide, you know, of the books and of the comics, what was canon, what was Expanded Universe. And they sorted all that out. And then supposedly now the movies obviously are canon. The TV shows are canon. And then there's been a debate, well, how much of these comics, books, or whatever, and it's kind of like, well, those are generally a mix of canon and expanded universe, but like anything, they have to be approved before they go into it. So, you know, this made uh, the whole issue with Jedi Fallen Order, Jedi Survivor. Will his characters show up at some point in a live action or animated show? And yep, yep. you could say... That's a great one, but I also remember going back to Shadows of the Empire, and everyone kept expecting that character to show up in something, and he didn't. But they also have far more options now than they did back then.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, they have, I mean, there are so much lore to the Star Wars uh, Galaxy universe, like you said, the whole uh, genre itself. So it does not surprise me that they're dipping more into it and getting a little more free with it in the sense of we can tell stories that are outside of the main Jedi storyline and still be fine. Unfortunately, I did hear, though, that we're not getting Liam Neeson back as Qui-Gon Jinn. That was a story I wanted to hear about.
3: Yeah, you know, and this one really surprised me because He essentially, and I'm paraphrasing here, uh, had said that he was approached about doing uh, Qui-Gon series, and he did not want to do it. He felt he apparently turned him down flat uh, because he felt that all of these miniseries are essentially undermining the film. And I know that there's been this whole thing about less is more that, you know, when we had a Star Wars film, there was a three-year gap between the movies, and it was a major deal when the next movie came we had the three movies and then we had a 17 year gap before we got the prequels and there was even a lot of question about would we ever see a star wars film again you know is this it and then we get the three movies again with a three-year gap in between them and lucas essentially said okay that's it. i'm done the future of star wars is on the small screen and then he sells it to disney and i immediately the moment the news came down said they're not paying this kind of money to sit on the franchise. <laughs> and moments after, moments after they announced it, the sequel series was announced. Yep. But if you remember with the sequel series, we had a Star Wars movie every year because they were able to crank these movies out within two years. And it was a case of you would get a sequel movie, and then we got Rogue One. Then you got the next sequel movie. Then you got Solo. And then we got The Rise of Skywalker. So every year there was a Star Wars film. And if you remember, the big issue was they went from putting The Last Jedi out in December and then putting Solo out just a few months later. Solo didn't do well. There's a lot of debate as to why. But, you know, many people say perhaps they put it out against too much competition in the summer and it was too close to the last film. And now the whole thing is, look at all these TV series, live action, animated, perhaps we're undermining the impact of the movies in that they are not going to be the big special event that they were in the past it is simply going to be like binging an episode of hey guess what we're going to put four episodes or five episodes together and stick them up on the screen
2: yeah and but, yeah. you
3: know it, it, it's funny because he was willing to come back for his cameo
2: sure yeah but
3: he wasn't willing to come back and do a series so was it time was it money I mean, yeah, he's working, but we've talked off air. If you look at his last few films, they haven't lit up the box office. And yes, you can blame the pandemic and so on, but they've been a mixed bag. We've been sent a lot of them to essentially, here's a, you know, put in a password, watch it over your computer. But it's essentially the same tough guy role with a, you know, questionable past trying to make good uh, film. And he, he said for years, I'm getting too old to be playing these tough guys in these action films. Yet he keeps doing it. I mean, his new film is a take on uh, Philip Marlowe, the detective, but again, it is an action film and so on and so forth. So, you know, I sit there and go, why wouldn't you return to your beloved character? Unless you don't want to do the commitment that a TV series would ask for versus a film or, you know, what is it? Or is, is the schedule just too busy? And it, it's surprising, but that was his stated reason, that he felt it would just take away from the films too much.
2: Ah, that's too bad. I don't know. His agent didn't talk to me, because I would have made it happen. I wanted to see him back as Qui-Gon Jin. I mean, I grew up with those movies, early 2000s, you know, him and Obi-Wan. I mean, they were they were so good. But unfortunately, it sounds like it will not be in the works. Uh, before we get out of here, Gareth, I did want to talk a little about the PSVR-2 launch. Now, I know you've got one of these in, uh, back at your house. How are you enjoying it?
3: Well, the technology is pretty impressive. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, you know, you could go into it forever with the tech specs, but the, uh, you know, the multiple cameras uh, that are built into it. So you don't have to have the camera in front of the TV, the 4k, the eye tracking, the new controllers are really nice. And I think it's fantastic. I know, at first, a lot of people are going to be uh, faced with Sticker Shock, that $569 price tag, uh, you know, is more than the console. But as I tell people, if you get past that and look at the hardware, comparable priced units are 700 to to $1,000 uh, for the PC. So you're getting a really good piece of hardware. So for me, what it comes down to is the games. And I... What I'm really happy about is when the PSVR 1 launched, there were a handful of games that I felt were really enjoyable. But the trick with a lot of the games for me was they were enjoyable in small amounts, so like 30 minutes or so at a time. And when you took the helmet off, there was that kind of, I don't want to say disorientation, but there was that re of getting out of the virtual world and coming back into the regular world. And so the big debate was how do you make games to take advantage of this, but you can't have something like a Call of Duty where people would be necessarily playing 10, 15 hours, you know, if you're doing a marathon session. Oh, yeah. And I think what's really gone well now is that you have the casual games, but you also have some of the more interactive games. We were starting to see this coming out toward uh, some of the later playstation vr games so for example you have things like the star wars tales from the galaxy's edge which has been out on pc but is available for this um you have a jurassic world game which is quite good i mean who doesn't want to deal with dinosaurs in vr a lot of fun you have uh you know horizon call of the mountain people who like the horizon zero dawn series they're going to like this but you also have some of the more casual things and then one of the ones that I'm really looking forward to, it was supposed to be a launch title, but it got pushed back, was the folks who made Until Dawn had a game called uh, Until Dawn Rush of Blood. And it was such an interesting concept in that it was a horror game, but it was a shooter. So you would have two different guns, that you would work with your virtual uh, weaponry, but you were also on carnival tracks, so you would go through things like a funhouse. Areas of it would be like a roller coaster shoot. You would have to shoot your way through things. And then you had elements where it was literally like being on a virtual roller coaster or carnival ride. And then they would incorporate horror and things into that. Well, they've got a new game coming uh, very soon. And then the beauty of it is the potential. The one that I am waiting on, you know, like crazy, is I keep hearing rumors and I hope they're true. Cut for Half-Life Alex to come to the PSVR2.
2: Oh, that would be awesome!
3: And that is like a really big deal because I do not have a VR set up for my computer. I kind of, you know, said I'm going to go with the um, the PlayStation. I'm not doing this for the computer just yet, but I'm a big Half-Life fan. I've heard nothing but rave reviews about Alex, and I really want to play it, but I'm not quite ready to throw down all that money. For one, for the PC, just to play it. So we're hoping that. And then, like anything else, it's going to be how well does it sell, and how well, um, how you know, how well do the programmers take advantage of this? Now, what I'm really intrigued by there was originally the report that the old VR games aren't going to work on this one because of the newer technology. But then we've already heard things like Beat Saber is going to make a patch available to. Bring it up to speed. And then you're hearing things like the Resident Evil games are going to, the one, um, uh, was it Resident Evil The Village, is going to be compatible and you can play, if you have the PlayStation version, you can play it on the VR2. The remastered Resident Evil 4 apparently is going to do the same thing. So now people are getting excited going, okay, what's out there? What is coming that is going to be exclusive to this platform? what is already out that is going to be updated for it and then what is to come and what i'm really intrigued by is we're hearing stories that certain games down the line are going to have massive multiplayer ability cuz right now i think 4 is kind of like the most we've been able to see and i'm kind of wondering i know you know be curious if ubisoft would go down this rabbit hole again i've heard stories that um maybe whoever is handling the Star Trek games might try an updated version of Bridge Commander. We've heard that an alien game in VR is coming. Now, whether it's coming for the VR2 or one of the other platforms, don't know yet. But if this platform continues to grow, it is going to be something. And I mean, truthfully, who would be brave? I, I remember when Alien Isolation came out at E3 and they took us in a room, they showed us about 20 minutes of it, and then they put us in this area Play the game, and people were freaking out. We heard stories of some people were asked if they wanted to go play a VR version of it, and they were literally within like two minutes putting the headset down, going, "Yeah, I, I, I this is too much. I can't handle this."
2: Yeah, who wants to and, live in that world?
3: <laughs> yeah, and it's like now imagine it in 4K with all this eye tracking, where it's uh, you know even higher depth even faster frame rates, and I mean think about you know looking at an egg, and that thing comes flying at you. The good old In 3D uh, virtual reality, you have a chest burster, I mean, not burster, the face hugger coming at you.
2: Yeah, I feel you, Gareth. I mean, that would scare the living, you know, bejesus out of me. Uh, Great to hear that about the launch of the PSVR 2. The game library that you have to have for a new, like, platform or anything like that has to be huge so you can capture that audience. It sounds like there are some great things in the works. This is going to be something awesome to check out. Big price point, but going to be worth it. Gareth, uh, thank you so much for joining us. It's always great having you on.
3: Anytime. Take care
2: now. Thank you again so much, Gareth. Always awesome talking with you. I'm still sad that Liam Neeson is not going to be Qui Gon Uh, Jinn again. He
0: says, No, no, no. I have done enough. Oh. But. I guess he doesn't have a particular set of skills with the lightsaber anymore. Yeah, he also turned down a lot of money.
2: Uh, I want that money. (laughs) Moving on,
0: I think it is time to get to.
2: The Geek Sheet with Vicky B.
1: Vicky, it's Movie Friday. <sighs> movie Friday. Plus, I got some other extra stuff. Ooh, technically, bonuses about, stuff about movies, but not movies coming out this weekend.
2: Would that be the more?
1: The more. more. What
2: do you got first, <sighs> Vicky? <us>,
1: <sighs> sorry, I just had a like
2: soothing relief. This must be a good movie.
1: Well, I'm I'm more excited about the movie I'm going to talk about after.
0: Ooh.
2: Ooh. Not oh, not so
1: much what's uh, oh. what's going on right now. Oh. Or should I do that? Maybe you know what? I'm gonna...
0: I don't know. Why don't? Yeah, I mean, I'm you know, what? go to what you love, girl.
1: I'm so excited. If you guys have been following us on Facebook, you saw that I posted an article talking about how they're going to be rebooting a series again. The second reboot. So this would be the third version. Okay. Hellboy.
0: Oh, movie really? Movie or show?
1: Movie. Yeah. And we are getting a rated R version.
0: This is... Uh, Hugh this Jackman is, is as, as Hellboy. Who the oh. hell? I mean, <laughs> David Harbour's Hellboy wasn't so loved. Who are we going to... What are they... And hi- the thing
1: is, like... David Harbour was pretty awesome as Hellboy. The movie itself was not yeah. great, uh, so I don't blame him for that. And Ron, per- Ron Perlman as Hellboy is the goat.
2: He's what I remember.
1: Uh, and those and Guillermo del Toro, like he can't do any wrong. He's a sweet little creepy treasure, <laughs> 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 and nice. I think he would appreciate me calling him that. Uh, but basically, they're going to be rebooting it rated R with a, a story that's called uh, "The Crooked Man." So it's Hellboy, the Crooked Man, and it follows Hellboy in rooked, rooked. Rookie B.P.R.D. agent as they get stranded in the 1950s rural Appalachia where they discover a small community haunted by witches led by the Crooked Man.
0: Oh, it has.
1: And the only thing I'm a little concerned about this is who's the director. Oh, who's that? His name is Brian Taylor. And if you don't recognize that name, it's probably because he hasn't done a whole lot of stuff. And the stuff he has done, he did the movie Crank. Oh, yeah. That, well, that
0: was a pretty decent movie. I, I, mean, it was, I didn't hate that. It was
1: Crank and then Crank High Voltage. But, you know, I'm also kind of... He also did the screenplay for Jonah Hex, who, which we know that
0: Oh, hmm. that was a
1: good one. But he hasn't, like, that's not a whole lot he's done.
0: Well, you know what? Everybody needs a shot, kid. This yeah. would be great if it was his breakout movie. <laughs> yeah. Although
1: he did uh, help develop and did, uh, like, the writing series for the show Happy, which I think you might have seen a little bit of or might be thinking of another show
0: yeah i'm not sure if i know happy
1: happy has uh the actor christopher maloney oh I, it,
0: well, I know who that is but i don't know if i've seen happy
1: he has like that weird like kind of cartoon dude with him has like i don't a, know that show no okay i could have sworn it was you who saw it i'm sorry buddy of another one but his also has Patton oswald on it was on the sci-fi show
0: Pat oswald's gonna be the new show or no I, no
1: that was on this show happy i'm talking uh, about
0: oh yeah i don't know that show
1: yeah so he's uh it kind of makes me think of, uh, you know, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, just more blood. What's and that? Is awkward. that? The, happy, is that, is, no happy. Oh you're,
0: oh, you're still talking about happy?
1: Yes. Yeah, so kind of okay. give you an idea of what this director is going to be bringing to the table.
0: Maybe, I guess, right? Yeah. I mean, depending upon what they want him to do with Hellboy. But, uh, you know, I mean, look, I, I feel like what you need is a good script yeah. is really what you need. you need. You really need a good script. Uh, and then, of course, you got to find an actor who's going to be Hellboy because it's a, it's a it's an outlandish character, and mm-hmm. so you've got to you know whenever you have outlandish characters, you got to have an actor that really can humanize it in in the midst of being in this outlandish in makeup. Uh, I think of Doug Jones as Saru on Star Trek Discovery. Mm-hmm. He, that makeup is insane, and yet he really, really does a great job with that character. Which
1: is funny because Doug Jones was in the first Hellboy. Yes, movies. he was.
0: He was Abe. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm thinking it has to be more like a, a rated R Batman, like with uh,
2: the last one we got, where it's like a Detective, because Hellboy has to kind of go on that journey, but he's kind of removed from the world in a way. He's like hidden, so it has to be that kind of dark.
1: I I feel though like hmm, Hellboy, even though he is that dark character, he is a sassy mofo. Like he is such a snarky, grumpy old man. Uh, you need that like Ron Perlman esque to him. But because this is going to be rated R, I'm thinking it's going to be more creepy, cre- crawly kind of creature vibes. Uh, I think. Uh, But we don't really know much except that they're going to start filming in April of this year. So we'll kind of see where they go. Mike Mignola, who is the creator of Hellboy, did a lot of the artwork for it. Uh, He is involved with this project. That's That's always
0: a nice thing to have the guy that created it involved.
1: Direct involvement. And they do want to make it very, very true to the art style of him. So we'll see if this is going to be a good reboot. Usually when they do reboots, it's not not a great time.
2: It's a movie we can all see, though. Very well, rarely do we find a three-person movie that we all want to see. Yeah.
1: I, mm,
0: oh,
2: Vicky's yeah.
1: kind of not in it yet. No, she I, I love Hellboy. I do Yeah, love but Hellboy. what if it's really
0: scary, creepy, and stuff that you don't like?
1: Is Ron Perlman going to be in it?
0: Uh, Ron Perlman is too old for this role. I know. What if he shows up?
1: If he yeah. shows up, I'm definitely going to go see it. That would be freaking awesome. Uh, but okay, there are two movies that you can check out in the meantime that are coming out this weekend. One, because it is this ridiculous, and I have to bring it up. Cocaine Bear. Oh, Oh, yes.
0: Cocaine Bear.
1: As of right at the timing of this recording, it only has seven reviews, but it is at 100%. Well, and
0: and I love the director.
1: Yeah. Elizabeth Banks is directing. Oh, that's Uh, right. Yes. The thing that kills me when you see the trailer, it has uh, an actor named uh, Christian Convery, who we know from Sweet Tooth. He is Sweet Tooth. Oh, he's a little kid. Yeah. And he's just swearing. That's effed. It just oh, cracks me up. yeah. I love it when other little kids are swearing, and not my little brother, because <laughs> then his teachers—I get a phone call from his teacher. Yeah, no. uh, yeah. But oh, this looks so messed up, so awesome. And if anybody does get a chance to go see it this weekend, we want to hear your review. So please, I really want to know.
2: I'm going to give people a little, uh, a quick little hint. Uh, Gareth actually uh, went and saw it. I heard. Right before this recording, and he said it was very entertaining.
0: Oh, that's Yay! that's uh, that's all you want from a movie where the premise is a story that just a cocaine uh, bear got into cocaine and that was it.
1: Loosely based, yeah, on yeah. Ve- true oh, very a true story. Based. I
0: mean, <laughs> which is just great. If they, uh, you know what, Elizabeth, I hope this is a big hit for you because I love the whole idea.
1: I honestly think it, this movie came from the meme because somebody. I think it was a Reddit thread, or not a Reddit thread, excuse me, maybe Tumblr thread, where they were talking about the story of the cocaine bear, and someone made a comment saying, like, you know for a good hour, this bear was like the top a- apex predator in the entire world for about an hour, and nobody knew about it. And so I think it probably, like, you know what, what would happen if we gave a bear a ton of cocaine and... Yeah. You know, left him out to do his thing.
2: I hope she just walked into a meeting and she just put a picture of a bear and a picture of a bag of cocaine and said, "I've got an idea. That's
1: <laughs> all you need. That's the pitch meeting, baby." I mean, I I like take my money. Matter
0: of fact, I cannot wait to see the Ryan George pitch meeting of this movie. That's right, which uh, which, you know he's got a great series on YouTube for every. If you if you haven't found Ryan George yet and pitch meetings, oh, you're welcome. They are amazing.
2: (laughs) I remember we started. I think the first one we started watching was the Wonder Woman pitch meeting. Yeah, that's what got us started. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. because
0: we were so disappointed with WW eighty four.
1: Now, there's a lot of shows out there that I feel like like get a lot of attention, and then either you hear about them and you're like, oh, I'll get to it eventually. And then it's been, you know, 13 years later. And you're like, yeah, I still haven't gotten to that. This one, Luther. It was a TV series starring oh, Idris Elba. Yeah. Yes. I had, had no idea. But apparently they're releasing a movie this weekend on Netflix called Luther, The Fallen Son. Have n- didn't hear anything about this. But, you know, Idris Elba is back. Uh, Andy Circus is also in this. But it's an epic continuation of the television saga reimagined for film. A gruesome serial killer is terrorizing London while brilliant but disgraced detective John Luther, which is Idris Elba, sits behind bars and haunted by his failure to capture the cyber psychopath who now taunts him. Luther decides to break out of prison to finish the job by any means necessary.
0: Oh, very cool. Yeah, this was a British TV show. I don't know if it ever got on BBC America, maybe maybe I can't I on I, because I remember seeing a lot about the show, but never watched it either. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I think that's kind of how a lot of us a lot of people learned about Idris, yeah. I think I
1: think that yeah, that was like the I heard he was in on the office, and everyone talked about Luther. So I, if you're a Luther fan, this is definitely something you can watch, and you can watch it from the comfort of your own home. Isn't nice. that exciting? Yeah, well,
0: yeah. And, and I wonder, is that going to be one of those things where I watch that and then go, I got to go back and watch the whole series now?
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: like sort of watching the last episode of Breaking Bad going, hey, this is a good show. We and, should watch this. And we know
1: somebody who actually did that. <laughs> yep. And just checking right now, it looks like you can watch Luther according to a quick Google search, which, you know, is never wrong. Uh, you can watch it on the Roku channel, Hulu, BritBox, Prime Video, Vudu or Apple TV.
0: Ah, Hulu. There so, you go.
1: Uh, So you can still, like, if you do end up liking it, you can watch it. I'm sure it might even be on Netflix because the movie's on Netflix, but they get weird sometimes. Yeah, they do. Here's uh, the second movie of the saga on Netflix. But if you want to watch the first one, you have to go pay for it on Amazon Prime. Like, it's never all in one place. But yeah, those are really the only movies that are coming out this weekend. You do have The Last of Us to check out, lots of other shows, and we want to hear from you. So please let us know what you think. And until next time, guys, stay nerdy.